Hey, hello. Welcome to the chair. This is Jonathan Juarez. I am the youth minister at the MacArthur Park Church of Christ. And for this week's episode, we have a special guest um, with us. Many of you don't know, but he's going to be our speaker for Camp OC. His name is Jared England. And I got the pleasure of working with Jared for three and a half years in Oklahoma City. And man, it was a treat to catch up with him, talk to him a little bit about what he's doing. Um, and the reason why we brought him on the show was for a lot of our campers, a lot of our students that are going to Camp OC this year, um, you may not know him. You might not have had an opportunity to maybe hear him speak. And so this was an opportunity for you to get to know him a little bit better as we prepare for camp. Um, and so here we are with Jared England on the chair. Well, hey, Jared, how's it going? It's great. How are you doing? Doing great, man. Hey, good to have you on the chair. We're excited to talk to you a little bit. And for those who don't know who Jared is, Jared is a Christian counselor. He's actually going to be our speaker both at Zenith and Cornerstone. And so I thought it'd be a good idea. I know who Jared is, um, but a lot of our campers don't. And so I thought this would be a really cool idea for us to have you on the chair and you could talk a little bit about what you do who you are, and just a little bit of fun facts. And of course, go you put you through our rapid fire questions. I am looking forward to it. Uh, I'm Jared and I'm a husband to Brooke and I have three great kiddos, 12, 10, and six, mm. and did ministry for 16 years. I started um, and did 13 years in student ministry three years as a preacher and loved it. And now I'm doing Christian counseling. So that's my full-time job and looking forward to joining all of you at Zenith, then Cornerstone this year. Yeah, we're pretty jazzed about it. Uh, man, especially since we didn't have it last year, it's so good to be back on the campus of Oklahoma Christian, just to be at camp with, you know, people from Texas, Oklahoma, and some of the neighboring states. So once again, man, glad to have you here on the show. Well, you right did on. a little intro about yourself. Thank you for, you know, telling us a little bit about your family. Man, I can't believe your kids are growing up. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. And man, I can't believe Allie, she's going to be a teenager. How do you feel about that? Yeah, she is. Uh, she's been a, she's been a, like a teenager since about four. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we were ready. We're ready as we're going to be. Um, so she's always been our grown-up kid. And for those of you going, hey, you're going to be at Zenith, you're not Mitch, uh, you have the same exact reaction as my wife had when I said, <laughs> oh, this is cool. They want to speak to me. At, they want me to speak at Zenith. But I was like, you're not Mitch. I said, yeah, I know. Um, and for those of you that don't know, Mitch is uh, got COVID pretty bad, but is recovering. Mm -hmm, right. and is kind of on a uh, pretty significant recovery process, doing a lot better not quite up to full par. So I'm stepping in for this year for him. Um, going to bat for him. Yeah. And so we're excited. I think yeah. just to, I, I got the pleasure of working with you. And so I got to hear you speak every Sunday for about three years. And so sure. I'm excited to, <laughs> so I'm excited to hear what you have to share with us on those weeks. And so, Hey, we do this pretty as quickly how we're going to do the run through, you know? Okay. So we We'll start off by asking you a few questions. Hey, it'll be some simple questions. We have a pretty softball toss question just to break the ice. And then we'll go to some deeper questions. And then we will go through the gauntlet of our rapid fire question where you will have a minute to answer as many questions as you can. Our record is 28. 
right now. Last right. week, or yeah, last week we had Anna West, one of our seniors. She go she went for twenty seven. Though I was, I will say, um, I got a little tongue twisted through it, and sure. so I I put that a little bit on me. I think she could have beaten the yeah. the record, but here we are. It happens, uh, right? Yeah, and so you had the opportunity to either be twenty eight or see how far you can get in one minute. We got thirty three questions. Let's see how far okay. you can make it. So, so far, yeah. nobody has made it to 33. And then we'll continue okay. with asking a little bit more deeper questions. And then I will turn it over to you, and you get to ask me two questions, and then we'll be done. And so, you ready? Looking forward to it. I'm, I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Awesome. Well, hey, so typically, we start off with, I say, an icebreaker question. It's a question that we've asked all our guests on the show. We've asked them, sure. if you had the opportunity to either go back in time and meet your ancestors or go to the future to meet your descendants, what, who would you meet, okay? And so I was gonna ask you that question, but I thought because we have a special guest, let's switch it up a little sure. bit. So okay. you can't answer that question, but we're gonna also ask you if, okay, if you had to be stuck at, a certain age for the rest of your life, what age would that be? And what I mean by age, I don't, I'm not talking about age in like era, but I mean you as if you woke up the next day and you're like, ah, honey, I'm 25 again, okay? The age, Jared, how old you are, that's what we mean by age. And so how would you answer these questions? Man, the second question is so much harder than the first one for me. The answer is, of course, you'd go to the future, right? Because the people in your past, there's a reason why they're in the past. Um, yes, you're related to Abe Lincoln or Davy Crockett because you're an American. And it seems like everyone's related to one of those two. I'm also convinced you're probably related to like three criminals that you don't want to know that we don't <laughs> talk about. So I don't want to visit any of those people. I'd go to the future, see the great, 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 great or whatever grandkids and stuff seems exciting. Like, feel like I kind of knew them. So that's how I answered the first one. Um, okay. The We're not second, on the same page, but I know, I know. Um, it's all right to be wrong. I tell people that all the time in my job. Um, all right. <laughs> um, so see the second question I have to look through the lens of, I'm going to be at that age, but I'll have to relive some time periods for example, if you're any time before now, you've got to have to relive COVID. Granted, you'll do it at a solid state, right? At 20 or whatever age you pick. Um, so I think for me, it's going to have to be the 20s sound great. You're in good shape. Yeah. You can do what you want. Um, when you have kids, though, you're like, do I kind of be nice to have your kids around too? Because then what if you know you have kids, but you can't be with them because you're stuck? Jerry, you about that? Yeah. No. Yeah. See, this no. is not, that's See, I it, time travel. Yeah. See, this is where I thought of the question is like, man, it'd be so it's like tomorrow you are stuck at 25. And so like your your life continues, but you are just at the age of 25. And I so eventually your kids will catch up to you and then pass you. And it'll be really awkward because oh, their dad yeah. will be 25 yeah. and they're in their 30s. Right. So this is the vampire question. Yes. You're a vampire. You're never going to age until right. somebody shoves a stake in your heart. So in that case, um, I mean, my 20s were fine. 
um, as long as it's not anywhere sixth grade through 10th grade, I'm good with it. Okay. Um, <laughs> dude, and if that's you right now, I feel you and things get better. Um, just mm-hmm. tell yourself that, man. Things get better. All right. Well, thank you for your words of encouragement for our group. Um, I was the, so, uh, yeah. yeah. I was a late bloomer. So those years were the awkward years for Jared. So, or you could be like me and haven't grown an inch since eighth grade. And so <laughs> that could also happen to you. It's true. Um, it's true. So hopefully if you're in this age range between the sixth grade and 10th grade, hopefully um, <laughs> things will end up better for you um, than Jared. And me? Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey. Dude, that's why answers. we love it though. Good. That's why we loved it though. We relate to the struggle, man. Yeah, that's um, true. And some of you are like, dude, my eighth grade year is my best year ever. And I'm like, good for you. Yeah. And then mine was weird. Well, that's um, what it was for me. I was like, man, it's if this is if this isn't what's the best, that, you know, if it gets better than this, I don't know what it's gonna be, you know. And turns out right. you know, that was it. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Peaked early. So yeah. Yeah. But hey, thanks so much for uh, sharing those answers. You did a good job. I don't agree with either one of those, but hey, (laughs) we're all right. Well, hey, thanks for um, answering. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. But now to kind of change gears a little bit. So mainly we bring people on the show to talk a little bit about their faith, talk about their experience growing up and just people that influence them. So um, tell us a little bit about your faith experience growing up as Jared England. Great. So I grew up in a church family of uh, the four of us went to Sunday morning, big church. We went to Sunday night, big church. And then we went to Wednesday night, which was better most of the time. Um, I enjoyed it. But I didn't even get the choice of whether or not I was going to go. So it's like, you live in the South, let's go. Um, so that was me growing up. I didn't miss much. I will say, speaking back to my seventh and eighth grade years, I didn't plug in super well to the youth group initially mm-hmm. um, and was a little resistant. And that described probably most of my adolescent years. My teenage years was being like, uh, I don't know. You guys want me to do this? Probably don't want to do it. Um, and so my faith was like, I knew the Bible. I knew the right answers. But when it came to like, you're going to live your faith, I was kind of like, eh, I'm not sure. I'm going to weigh this one out. And it wasn't until my soft, no, freshman year of college that I finally like committed to Christ, got baptized and made the decision to follow him. So it's kind of one of those longer yeah. journeys. Um, I will say this, I made my, when I got baptized, I didn't go, man, was I pressured into doing this? Because I'm like, no, definitely did this on my own. So. Um, I guess I was pretty resistant to uh, what people wanted me to do, any sort of peer pressure. I guess maybe I was that generation that really resisted that. Um, And so it was kind of a longer journey than maybe is typical for somebody that grew up in the church. But once I committed to him, um, became uh, decided I wanted to be a youth minister. I couldn't believe they like paid people to hang out with teenagers and talk to them about Jesus. I know, right? I knew that would be something I love to do. And so I kind of went all in to do that afterwards. So, oh, cool, man. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I love hearing you share a little bit about your faith journey. And I think it's mm-hmm. really cool that you, you, know, you took your time trying to figure out, hey, is this something I want to do? And whether or not it was something of just trying to be rebellious or just trying to, you know, maybe stick mm-hmm. it to whatever, 
like you really <laughs> did take it your time and when you were in you were in and you decided That's hey right. if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this and so yeah um, you talked a little bit yeah. about you know your family you talked about um going to church and so we call you know people in our life who i think have a really big spiritual influence we call them spiritual warriors and so i was just wondering you know these people have kind of made this influence on you to help you make this decision right. of following Jesus. Who are, who have some of these people in your life who I would consider spiritual warriors that had a significant impact and uh, influence on you um, to follow Jesus? Okay. Um, so for me, it was my mom and my dad uh, were both probably the biggest. Uh, my mo mom had a more... Uh, here was her faith was reminded me she'd say things that reminded me of C.S. Lewis. That's how I described her um, when we uh, when I talk about her now is she just kind of had the, those some one liners, some philosophies of life that tied into faith. And I was like, man, that's pretty good. Um, and I would think about what she said, you know, later on, even and be like, and that's deep. My dad was the one that would um, probably showed me faith the most. We went and served the least of these plenty of times with him. He dragged me to it, in fact. Um, and he would talk to me about faith and try not to be pushy once he realized how resistant I was to any sort of <laughs> <laughs> uh, pushing. Uh, my youth minister had a big impact on me. Um, he's still in ministry mm. and still somebody I ask questions to occasionally um, and helps me now. Um, and there was people at my church along the way, um, different ministers. Uh, I had an elder that I would ask any Bible question to, and he'd give me the pretty good answer on it. I'm like, okay. Um, so it's easy to look at the adults, but in my story, I also have to consider my Christian friends, both mm. the ones that were in the youth group with me, and then just my friends that were went to another church, but they were living for yeah. Jesus. Cool. And they would... Um, when I would hang out with them, they made my decisions, growing up decisions, my uh, what are we going to do on Friday night decisions so much better because they had such mm. a great influence on me. And so there were times I can remember with uh, my friends at school who were Christians and we'd be like, man, we shouldn't have done that or we shouldn't do that or yeah. that might get us into trouble. Um, let's go do something better. And so um, there was a lot of those moments but I'm so thankful I had good Christian friends to help me make decisions like Jesus would want me to make. Yeah. Well, that's really cool that you mentioned that, you know, you mentioned your mom and dad and your youth minister. And I feel for the most part, a lot of our, you know, students or people listening, they can relate with that. But I love that you mentioned your peers, your, your friends, mm -hmm. the people around you as people who also made a huge spiritual impact on you, whether well, it's positive or negative, you know, mm -hmm. our, our right. peers, people around our age make those huge spiritual impacts on us. And so I'm, I'm really glad that you spoke a little bit of light into that as well and shared that. Um, okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So now we're moving on to the rapid fire portion of our segment. And so, it, like I said, you've got a minute. Okay. You got about a minute. I'm stressed already. I'm already well, stressed. Well, hey. Just best of luck to you, because like I said, this is quick, this is fast, and before you know it, it's over. And so okay. we're going to ask you as many questions as you can answer. We have 33 questions. You can see if you can answer all 33 in this minute. It gets pretty okay. dicey towards the end, and so hopefully um, you can do this really well, okay? So okay. I'm going to count down to three, and then 
I'm just going to start giving you this or that questions. Okay. And you're going to try to answer as quickly as you can. All right. Okay. Okay. Three, two, yeah, I'm ready. one, go. All right. Television series or movie? Movie. Takeout or sit down restaurant? Sit down. Board games or card games? Card games. Video games or books? Video games. Summer or winter? Summer. Country or city? City. Broccoli or green beans? Green beans. Beach or mountains? Beach. Soda or juice? Soda. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Morning or night? Night. Tacos or wings? Wings. Cake or pie? Pie. Call or text? Call. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Instagram or Facebook? Instagram. New phone or new laptop? New laptop. Spend your money or save your money? Spend. Work or school? Work. Oh, and the a last timer a is. Uh, yeah. That last was a question marks. Work? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So you made it to, hey, any guess of how many you got? Uh, 21. Okay. 19. 19. Yes. Hey, you know what? I, so, I think too much. I think too much. Yeah. It, no, it's perfectly fine. Uh, well, now, now you know kind of what See, you're dealing with. And also, man, I am now more impressed with the people that we've had on this show. Seriously. To make it to 28. Um, now, I could I be honest? This. Yeah. My, my strategy almost was to just pick the first thing you said. Because then I could <laughs> plow through it. Yeah. So which brings us to a really good point. Is there any questions that I ask that you have like, you know what? I got some regret. Like I really meant to say this. Well, the last one, I mean, school or work, I should have went with neither. Yeah. Because um, I mean, eh. I to be honest, I like school and I like work. I think I'm happy with work though. I mean, yeah. do what you love. I do what I love. So um, yeah, I know. I, that would be a tough one for me because um, like I love my time at school. I also right. love my work. And so that, and there's not a wrong answer and with some of those no, questions. Right. Again, so, hey, so I should just went with the first one every time. Yeah. Well, so here the we go. The wings? The wings and taco questions almost not fair for me either. So yeah. And as you know, I was thinking as I was asking you that we shared quite a bit of time either eating tacos or eating wings. And so I was curious to see what you would say. And so now, the better question for me would have been though, um, based on our experience is Chinese or Mexican. Yeah, or both. That's right, At the same Chimex. Place. Chimex. Yes. Well, that's a story for another time. But hey, so also you did leave a few questions, okay? And so typically okay. we like to kind of, here's some of the sure. ones that you've missed, okay? So, Vacation or staycation? Oh man, vacation. Vacation, okay. no question. Smoothies or milkshakes? Smoothies, I'm a smoothie guy. Super, super sandwich. Sandwich. Okay. Working as a team or working alone? So today's probably working with a team because I mostly work alone. I mean, we have okay. a team, but you know. Yeah, okay. How about scary movie or funny movie? Funny movie for me. All right. Pepsi or Coke? And I'm Pepsi now. 
I've made yeah, the jump. Man, that's fine. Okay. I know. Um, reading or, book or all... listening to music? Which I'm a book reader, so book. Okay, you know me. All right. Yes. You would have got that one wrong. Of course. <laughs> so <laughs> another another one of my favorites that we're going to ask, superheroes or supervillains? And that one's, the church answer is superheroes, but the real answer is supervillains. Yes. Thank right. you. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I think you want, I think everybody wants to pick superheroes, right. but in reality, I think the story behind a supervillain is just super interesting. Like, why are they the way they are? Okay. Right. And so I'm, I'm with you. And then yes, the number one question, Batman or Superman? Superman. Now that's coming back from my childhood when I said, I'm going to be a Superman guy, although Batman is really, really cool. Yeah. But I made that decision. So. Um, I'm a Batman guy through and through. I just, man, I, his origin story is just incredible. And just everything about him, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I know. And, and, and so this is another, this is just a side question that is somewhat related to the Batman Superman question. Who has a better robbery? Captain America and Iron Man or Batman and Superman? And I think it's Batman and Superman. Like those I are agree. the two you want to watch fight. Right, exactly. Because like Captain America and Iron Man can kind of be on par, you know? Right. Um, you got Superman and Batman where that's a wild card. What exactly. Metropolis versus Gotham. Yes. And you think you think the easy answer is like, oh yeah, super, Superman should win that fight. But yeah, right. Bat, Batman is smart enough that he knows enough of Clark Kent's weaknesses. And so exactly. Well, hey, thank you so much for hey, you did a good job. Okay. I don't care what anybody says, you did yeah. fantastic. All night. And, so, and so I don't know how. So many of you may not know, um, but Jared also has. His youngest is actually in the studio with us as well, um, and his name is Draven. And so we have a chance to say hi to Draven real quick. And so, hey, can can we just say hey to Draven? Let the audience hear Draven real quick. Draven, if you have something to say to the audience, what is it? Hey, Draven, can you say hi to Jonathan? Can you say hi? Hi. Yeah. Hey, Draven, Batman or Superman? Batman or Superman, which is your favorite? Batman or Superman? Batman. All right. Oh, and then he changed to both. You got to be kidding me. Oh, I thought we had you. <laughs> you had him for a second. You had That's him for right. a second. Well, hey, Draven, thank you so much for your honesty. You know, I appreciate you. And so, all right. So now let's keep moving forward. Let's keep trucking along. And so you talked a little bit about this in the previous questions about your faith, and you've talked about what you're doing. And so our next question for you, Jared, is how do you incorporate faith within what you do, within your work, and also within your family? So, which great question. Uh, for me, it's not um, how do I, how do I um, take faith with me? It's like, how do I be a person of faith? And um, how am I going to mm. live it out in this moment? no matter what I'm doing. And I think that's what Christ calls us to do. Um, and so for me, it's how am I a faithful dad? How am I a faithful husband? How am I a faithful counselor? How, mm. I, how am I you know, faithful in being a good lawn guy in our front yard? I don't know. 
Yeah, how do you, um, how do you implement your faith? Right. And so um, I'm always taking that and saying, how do I implement it in this situation? Um, with As a dad, that means we talk about um, the Bible. We talk about mm -hmm. our faith. We talk about our doubts. Um, with my 12-year-old who's in youth group starting this summer, mm -hmm. um, we're already having some conversations that are pretty deep. And she's you know, asking um, questions about sin and stuff. And um, and then you've got my six-year-old who he asked me about, um, where's Mima? Where's she at? She just passed away um, three months ago. And so we talked about heaven. We talked about who's in heaven with her and all of those great things. Mm. And so uh, for me, it is how am I implementing, how am I using faith rather than how am I taking it with me? Because yeah. I'm, a, I'm a person of faith. And so I'm just trying to figure out and work that out in all my situations and counseling. It's great mm -hmm. because I'm a Christian counselor. So if you're an atheist, um, I'll still do counseling with you. Um, I probably won't talk about faith, but when you're a Christian, it makes counseling so much easier because I can talk about faith. And I think Jesus um, was the world's best mental health counselor mm. um, because he knew us and he knew creation and he knew um everything about um time and you know how futile now is really and so uh we yeah. look to him and i look to him and talk about him a lot hmm. yeah and man I, I really appreciate you sharing that because you're right i think a lot of times we want to compartmentalize you know our faith within little segments of our life whether it's you know work or family mm -hmm. and kind of put it to the side and say you know especially when you know, we go to Sunday church, we go to Wednesday church, right? All those other days are just kind of part of it. But I like that you said kind of an implementation of how we take it with us, how we take our faith with us. It's kind of right. a, looking at it as a verb rather as, you know, a noun. And so, man, I, I really yeah, appreciate exactly. you sharing that. And so you talked a little bit about uh, your Christian counselor and how faith is incorporated with what you do. And so with mental health, I, so if, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's Mental Health Awareness Month, correct? Month of May? It is. Yep, sure is. Okay. And so I there's typically, there's been a stigma with mental health. Typically, if you are struggling with mental health, then there's something really wrong with you. Or um, you only go see a counselor if it gets really bad or only crazy people. Kind of these terms have been used to describe mental illnesses, mental health disorders, all those different things. Um but you and I both know that's not necessarily true. Um, sure. And so how can our faith and mental health go hand in hand? It's a great question. Um, because what we're now okay with saying, I think as a culture, is that mental health is important. And mm -hmm. if you got stuff in your head that's maybe not balanced or you're just struggling with it, then that's as important as you maybe breaking an arm and having to cope with a broken arm. Um, and so we're okay with addressing mental health and issues. And we um, like anxiety, which anxiety is mostly just a worry. And so um, Jesus talks about worry a lot is you read um, his teachings and he says things like, don't worry about tomorrow for today has enough troubles of its own. He's saying, focus on today. Um, get through today. And I'm like, that's really good counseling, um, really good counsel for how we need to 
live our lives. Um, and as you read um, the Bible, there are people certainly suffering physical ailments. There are people suffering with mental ailments as well. Um, and so you see Jesus addressing those like he does um, physical ailments. You see Jesus, the son of God, fully human and fully God in the garden the night before uh, he's crucified, thinking about his crucifixion and mm -hmm. suffering what is called hematosis, I believe. Don't quote me on that, but if you have a doctor in the room, they can tell me I'm right or wrong. Um, <laughs> but he's in such agony thinking about it and praying about it that he is, his sweat is like blood coming off of him. I mean, it's just pouring mm, off wow. him. And that's, that's anxiety and that's worried because he's worried about tomorrow and he's um, praying and going to God and help, asking God, is there a plan B? Look, there is, let's go with it. If not, I'll, we'll go through with plan A, but imagine the tension in that moment yeah. um, in the garden. And so um, it's just one aspect of our life, like physical, like spiritual, and then there's a mental component that mm -hmm. we all have too that certainly needs to addre be addressed in some instances. So I think I'm glad that we can now address that um, and say mental health is important. And if you're suffering from depression or anxiety or something else, you can get help and it's not as stigmatized anymore. Um, so that's, that's good news for us. Yeah, no, and I appreciate you. Man, I really appreciate you sharing and connecting it to Jesus because you're right. Um, I think it's encouragement for us mm -hmm. as Christians, followers of Jesus, to see him go through our shoes. And, yeah. you know, we talk about anxiety being this crippling worry, crippling fear sometimes mm -hmm. that even Jesus in right. his divine nature and his fully human nature struggled right. with this. And that should... That shouldn't discourage us, but that should encourage us to know that, hey, we, that this is safe, that this is something that, you know, is important and that we should also learn to work on it in a, in a daily part of our life. Not just, like you said, when you break your arm, you're not going to wait three weeks right. to finally go get it looked at. You're going to go ahead and do that right then and there. Right. And so, man, I appreciate you sharing that. And so, well, you know, the main, one of the main reasons we've got you on the show is like we mentioned earlier is you are going to be speaking for the sessions at Zenith and Cornerstone for Camp OC. And a lot of our students don't know, but this actually, you know, you actually have previous connections with Camp OC, right? Yes. Yeah. Pretty deep, pretty deep ones. Yeah. Yeah. And so this isn't your first rodeo. Um, this isn't your first go at Camp OC. And so could you tell us um, kind of how, how did you get first connected with Camp OC? And also, do you have any favorite memories? And why should our students go to camp? Okay. Um, so I think I was at Zenith year two of Zenith. Okay. I think I missed year one. I was an intern for year two of Zenith and then did that for three summers, became a youth minister, and then have always taken my group. Uh, to Zenith and have done Cornerstone a handful of times, um, both as a counselor and a youth minister. And so I, I've got pretty deep roots there. Um, of course, I uh, visited the last couple of years um, and just to see and watch and be a part of it because I have loved Camp OC. I love Zenith, love Cornerstone and love uh, the memories and the ways 
God just seems to work in those two mm -hmm. weeks. It's a pretty powerful ways. Um, I mean, I loved um, the times we spent in our groups, um, kind of our smaller groups hanging out. And I loved the times we go to classes. I love our worship times mm -hmm. um, just because I find it's a time where we can just kind of get our cup filled along the way. And I've got a ton of funny memories, some not appropriate, most of them are. Uh, just <laughs> stuff that happened at Zenith or Cornerstone. Um, and some of you, if you've been before, you've got those two um, times that you laugh so much, you cried and other times you just cried um, mm. <laughs> because it's one of those weeks where it just kind of brings things yeah. to the surface and God yeah. works. And so um, one of the things I believe is um, you grow where you go. All right. Mm. So you grow where you go. So if you want to be the world's next LeBron James, you're going to have to go to the gym and you're going to have to put in some work. And maybe you're not 6'7", 250 something or 270 something like he is, but you're going to get better at basketball. Um, yeah. You're going to become a better player. You may not be the world's best. Maybe you will be. I don't know. Um, but it's amazing that if we put in time somewhere that we usually get better. Um, mm. And faith is one of those things um, where in order to be faithful, you have to mm. follow Jesus. Jesus could have made it really easy and said, now um, come and think about me. And so he wants you just to think about himself all the time. Think about Jesus. That's mm. good. But his words were come and follow me. He says, come and I want you to experience life with me. So when we have opportunities, not just camp, but mission trips and other cool things that we do in youth ministry that are like, this is going to be hard, but I think it's where God wants us to be. Yeah. Are those things where God shows up in those moments? Cause he says, mm -hmm. Hey, here's a whole week dedicated to me. Here's 24 hours a day for four days. We're going to talk and pray and dwell on me and try to follow him. And it's yeah. amazing how the Holy spirit shows up time and time again to say, yes, this is where you need to be. And I'm going to help you grow your faith and take your next step. And so, man, if you can get away for camp, this is a week for you. Mm -hmm. um, I always say mission camps for you, mission trips for other people um, where we're going to go and serve. Um, mm. Camp is a time where you, it's okay to say, I'm going to spend time with Jesus. Yeah. Jesus does that all the time, doesn't he? He said, he goes off by himself to pray. This is our going off by ourselves and we're going to be with Jesus. And so he's going to show up and he's going to do amazing things. And so if you're a committed Christian, I would encourage you to come and join us. If you're a, I'm not sure what I am. Um, I'm sometimes we have to um, belong before we believe, right? Mm -hmm. I just need to be a part of it. And then I'll make the decision to believe. And that, that's you. That's okay too. Just come and hang out with Christian people um, and see what you think. See if, uh, you don't feel or uh, get that sense that Jesus is calling you into something greater than yourself. Mm. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying, you know, one, it's, you know, the, be the belonging and the believing. Cause I think a lot of our students are kind of like, if they're on the fence, sometimes they are looking for that belonging. And then, yeah, just the encouragement of like this is part of our faith. This is what we do. You know, you grow where you go. I think that 
I love that right there. Yeah. Um, because it is a part of our faith. Um, Jesus does cause us to follow him, not to just sit and and be there and just kind of wait. But sometimes that sometimes right. it requires us move. Sometimes it requires us to be still. I think at camp we're able to be still, but I think a lot of times Jesus requires us to to live in in action. Um, and so thanks for um right. sharing a little bit about that. Well, okay. Yeah. So um, kind of coming to a close a little bit, um, our time for with you. And so if you had to give any final words, words of wisdom for our group, what would they be? And my uh, 12-year-old would say, I have lots of words of wisdom. Um, and I drone on and on and on. And she's like, okay, dad. <laughs> um, and I guess as I think about your summer, and we've had a weird year, um, looking starting from March 2020 till just kind of coming out of it. And it's been a time where I think a lot of us feel very stalled in our lives. Like mm -hmm. school was weird this year. Maybe you didn't get to go the full time. Um, it feels kind of delayed. Okay, we're coming out of it. We're waking up. Um, give you two things. Practice self-care, all right? In other words, practice taking some time to yourself to be like, all right, last year was tough and it was different and I wasn't ready for it and none of us were. Um, I think about you guys as teenagers, I've got a little more perspective because I'm a little older than you, but you lived through something no one for a hundred years has lived through a mm. pandemic. Um, and so for you to be like confused and anxious and a little more angry than usual, we would say, well, it's probably normal. Um, the only people that are happy about the pandemic are what drug companies maybe and mental health counselors like myself, because we're like a lot of people need us now. Um, so, um, this is a time to kind of do really good self-care. It's also a time where you can get out and go and go to camp or go to work camp or go mm -hmm. to mission trip, all of those things that you kind of like, I missed that last year. Mm -hmm. Um, don't miss it this year. Um, I mean, frankly, we're now in the stage of life where it's like, well, what will next summer look like? Well, should be okay. As long as we don't have another pandemic, um, start. So go and have fun and do all those opportunities. Take those opportunities that you didn't have last year and mm -hmm. go and do that, have fun, enjoy it. Um, and just really practice good self-care along the way. Don't get mm -hmm. too busy where you kind of lose your sense of purpose during it either. So, mm -hmm. man, I appreciate that, man. That's a, that's really good to just, yeah. And the encouragement of to, to be involved, to be connected and, man, I, I think that can be really hard to do at a time like this. And so thanks for sharing that. Okay, so now we are moving on to what questions do you have for me? Yeah, I, um, I thought of a couple that I was just curious on um, and have no prior background or knowledge about either of these questions I'm going to ask you. The first one being, have you or a group you've been a part of ever been close to being thrown out of a football game? <laughs> uh, school, maybe like a high school football game. Yeah, man. And so this is, this is part of the issues of bringing on somebody that you know <laughs> uh, because it's they true. know about you. Uh, and so for you guys who don't know, um, prior to me being at MacArthur Park, I was a youth minister at the Dell City Church of Christ. And Jared and I were very involved with the high school football team there. We got to go to every single game. We did meals on every Thursday. And we had another buddy of ours called Chad. And Chad, Chad, Jared, and I made up what we called the Three Amigos. 
That's right. We, yeah, we would go, we would get in a van and go to every single game, as many games as we could. And right. what you what Jared is referring to is one night, um, things got a little bit chippy in a playoff game. Um, and so first you gotta, I have to introduce you to my friend Chad, who's not here to kind of speak for himself and defend himself. So I'm sorry. But <laughs> since you're not, I'm gonna tell the story through our perspective. And so Chad. Chad used to be a high school ref. And so he knows, he knows a bit about the rules of the game. And a lot of the games that we would go to, and I, I recognize I do have some Dell City bias. However, I will say there were some calls when we would go to games that I felt went always against us. It was never in our favor. And so as a fan, as somebody who cares a lot for the team, you know, I can fully understand why Chad in a lot of games would be very critical of the calls that were made. He now, knew all the rules. He knew, yes. he knew all the rules. And yeah. So very, he knew what he was talking about. And so sure, because, because of that, he would be very critical and vocal in a lot of games. Now, now this wouldn't be anything that would get out of hand. But every now and then you could hear him and maybe even the refs could hear him. Well, there's one game. Now, this is a big game. This is, I think, the second round of the playoffs, third round, yeah. maybe. Um, and we're talking, you know, before every game, we would go out to eat. And so at this particular game, we're eating at Eskimo Joe's for the game. I invite one of my friends to join us. And we're kind of, kind of explaining and kind of warning him a little bit of what to expect with Chad. And, you know, we go, Jared and I go back and forth, kind of, this is where I think this is, yes, problem started, was at Chad the is, dinner. Yeah, Chad is at the table. We're not bad-mouthing him, like, no. he's sitting with us. And we're if like, anything, yeah, we are hyping yeah. him up a little yes. bit more like, Chad, what are you going to say this week? And right. it, almost to the point where, you know, maybe we probably should have not done it. In so hindsight. Much. In, In hindsight, hindsight, we probably shouldn't have done it so much. Yes. But the, the reality is Chad loves, <laughs> Chad loves the players. Chad's excited for the team. And so it's a big game. And so the game comes right. along and there's one call uh, in the middle of the game. It's a crucial play. Uh, it's a fourth down play. And I think they called us short or a drop. Pass. There's some sort of call that did not go in our favor. And it was bad. I mean, the whole stands knew it. Everybody knew it. And Chad took it upon himself to let the referee know that that was a bad call. And so Chad and is standing almost directly behind the ref when he lets the ref know, well, you know that was a bad call. The ref then turns around, looks at Chad, and asks him, are you a coach or a fan? And this is just an iconic answer. Chad says, well, none of your business. And immediately I knew, well, this is, this cannot be good because the ref makes a beeline straight to coach Dunn, who's the head coach and the head coach starts looking towards our direction. And Chad has disappeared at that point. Chad right. is now trying, Chad, Chad is hiding a little bit. And in that we see the trainer, Katie is just like pointing at Chad saying he's over here. <laughs> he's over here. And, you know, Chad's get red in the face. And I'm thinking, man, we might get kicked out of here. But what I was thinking was, man, we might get a flag for this. 
And if we get a flag for this, we will never come back to a game. We'll never be allowed to be right. on the sidelines. Right. And so luckily coach Dunn handled it really well. All we got was a sideline warning, but there was this one guy <laughs> who did get kicked out because, and this is where <laughs> no. our story and Chad's story, I think defers a little bit where, um, Chad says he was talking about the other guy who was being a loud mouth and also saying some, um, some pretty profane yes. things to directed to the refs. And so he did get kicked out of the game. And so I, I think if we would have been associated with, with that guy, then that would have been bad, but um, we were not, we were able to stay and watch the rest of the game. What I have loved to say the game ended with a Dell city Eagles victory. It did not. So um, yes. No. So yes, I, I have almost been kicked out of game, um, but Hey, we live to survive. Live to talk to another another day. Yeah, what's your great story? Um, I was going to ask you about since I know you're a audiophile. Is that the right name? A music guy, music music dude. <laughs> and so I picked out a random band that I just wanted to know how you felt about the band. Oh, uh, you think? I don't know. Boston. What about that band? More than a feeling. More yeah, once again, um, this is the problem when you bring somebody that knows you really well and you spend a lot of time with them. Um, so early on, <laughs> I went straight into from college into ministry and Jared was a part of my interview process. And I got to interview with the whole staff at Chili's. And we're all just hanging out, getting to know each other, kind of asking each other questions, whether it's, you know, what's your favorite Bible verse? you know, what do you do? Take care of yourself. Um, and then the topic of music comes on and I'm thinking, yes, this is my moment to shine because like Jared said, I'm a music guy. And I also pride myself in, and knowing just based off conversations or really just the appearance of somebody, what kind of music they listen to. Um, and so when I get asked this question uh, by our preacher at the time, he asked me, you know, what, what kind of music do you like? What kind of music do you listen to? And I'm trying to, man, instead of really answering the question, honestly, I'm trying to figure out, hey, what, what answer do they want me to say? You know, what answer would kind of impress them? And so I'm thinking, okay, this guy is in his, you know, either early 40s to mid 40s. So he might've probably listened. Uh, and I was looking at his hairstyle a little bit, but also I was like, okay, he probably <laughs> listened to, let's say some like seventies and eighties rock. Okay. But nothing too hard, nothing too crazy. Um, a little bit of the softer rock. And so I started naming <laughs> the first answer was true. I said, Fleetwood Mac, which is one of my favorite bands. And he's like, okay, you know, I'm waiting for the right, uh, right expression. And I was like, okay, so he's not really feeling Fleetwood Mac. Okay. I'm about hauling notes. Um, okay. And I was like, Aerosmith, you know, I threw that on. There's a little bit harder. Maybe he's a little bit tougher. And he's like, no. And, so, <laughs> um, and then I threw out, okay. I was like, surely not, but maybe. I said, uh, Boston. And Boston was the winner. And he <laughs> was like, oh, Boston. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Sean loves Boston. And I was like, oh, yeah, dude, Boston rocks. And the reality is, like, don't get me wrong. Boston's a great <laughs> uh, But if I'm being truthful now, I would not, I don't think I would put Boston in my top 50 rock bands. Uh, I, 
I say that, but not for me. You know, they've got a great album, Boston. It's got some great songs on it, but it's just not, Boston's not one of my favorites. But I threw that in there. Um, why? I wanted the job, okay? Because, <laughs> told. Yeah, because I said that, now I became, me and Sean had this mutual affection for Boston, which I felt like a liar, which I was. I was a liar. <laughs> and so Sean would come into my office all the time and, you know, want to talk Boston. And if you know me, if you go to my office, I got this giant music poster with has all my favorite albums. And he goes in my office first week I'm there and looks and kind of scouts out the, the albums. And he, he says, Hmm, no Boston. And I said, Man. <laughs> of course I forgot to put Boston on there because they're not actually one of my favorite bands. And <laughs> I was like, Oh man, what's up with that? And I was like, Oh man, I thought I put them in there. And truth be told, I just probably didn't even think about it, but so, <laughs> eventually, um, you know, Sean um, stopped being our preacher and, you know, we're trying as a staff, we're all getting together and debriefing, you know, um, what does the staff look like moving forward and talking about life. And, and I just had to fess up right then and there. I said, guys, if I'm being honest. I'm just really glad I don't have to pretend to like more, which is news to everybody. Cause everybody mm -hmm. thought I was a Boston fan. Um, which, like I said, nothing wrong with Boston, but yeah, that's my. Bond. You were, you were no longer hooked on that feeling. Yeah, that feeling. Uh, go. It's not more than a. Yeah, it was not no longer. It was more. It was a lot less than a feeling. Okay. <laughs> so another fun fact you learned about Jonathan tonight is, he can look at you and tell you your top abandon your top five, just bam, top five bam. Yeah. So try him later. Try it later with him. Yeah, um, that's going to be scary. But yeah, so thank you for that. <laughs> you nailed it. But hey, um, man, so good having you on the show. I'm so glad that we got to just kick it and talk a little bit more. Um, and I'm excited to just spend two weeks with you at camp and for our students to get to know you a little bit better. Um, thank you so much, Jared, for being I'm looking forward to it. Um, we'll see you in less in about a month we will be at camp. crazy i know so right on sign up if you haven't yet tell your friends to sign up we're Do here it. um and that is all we have for you thank you jared england for being online with us on the pod on the chair thank you for having me i've really enjoyed it see you in a month see you in a month all right we'll talk to you later bye and we just wrapped up with jared england man that was great. He had a lot of really good things to say. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited to go to camp. I'm excited to hear what he has to say at Zenith and Cornerstone. And so if you haven't signed up for camp, this is a good time to do so. Man, we hope you enjoyed that segment. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. And join us uh, this next Wednesday. We'll actually have our summer interns, Levi Witten and Jane Carter. They'll be joining us on the chair. And we hope to hear a lot of really good things from them. I think they're incredible. And so hopefully... Um, as the summer goes on, you'll get to know them a lot better. And so join us again on Wednesday. Hope you guys have a fantastic week. Bye.